Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your host. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today, I'm going to be telling you guys about the suspicious death of Alonzo Brooks. So grab yourself some coffee and let's dive on in. continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly, but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more Crime Over Coffee content. By signing up for our Patreon, you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content. To check out this opportunity and sign up for the Crime Over Coffee Patreon, visit www.patreon.com slash crimeovercoffeepod. Thank you again for all of your support. Alonzo Brooks was the youngest of five children and was lovingly referred to as the surprise baby by most of his family members, as his family wasn't necessarily expecting this fifth child. He was many years younger than his other siblings, and so his mom, Maria Ramirez, was very overprotective with him. He was obviously her little baby. His family members referred to him as Zoe instead of Alonzo, and he had multiple nieces and nephews who he hung out with a lot. He was known to be pretty humorous, to be pretty calm. Everybody loved hanging out with Alonzo. They all described him as his best friend, and he had never been known to have any sort of enemies. At the age of 23 years old, Alonzo was living in Gardner, Kansas, and honestly, he preferred to stay home than going out with his friends. He honestly just liked to be at home, which is abnormal for a 23-year-old, I think. But... He liked to be home, watch sports, hang out with his family, hang out with his friends, his nieces and his nephews. He was also working as a custodian for his stepfather's janitorial company at this time. But on Saturday, April 3rd, 2004, he decided that he wanted to get out of the house for a little bit and go to a party with some of his friends. The party that he was going to be attending was at a farmhouse in rural Lacine which was about an hour away from where he was living. When he arrived at the party with his friends, they ended up seeing over a hundred people there. And it was honestly a lot more people than they thought was going to be there. Alonzo and his friends really didn't know any of these people either. But something that his friends pointed out that was really noticeable is that Alonzo was one of the very few African-Americans at the party. So he was actually biracial. Um, His dad was African-American and his mother was Latino. But there were maybe a few other people that were biracial at this party, I guess. So what they said is that his skin color definitely stood out at this party, which does come into play later on. His friends reported that Alonzo had a great time at the party, but eventually his friends were ready to leave and they... I don't know if they had a conversation with him or if they just kind of left, but like his friends just kind of like trickled out, assuming that he was going to get a ride home with one of his other friends. But ultimately, nobody ended up taking him home. That kind of (laughs) sucks. Yeah, I think it's odd too. like if I went to a party with a friend, I'd probably be like, hey, like I'm leaving. Do you want to leave now or are you going to get a ride with so and so? Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) But they're they're teenage. Well, I guess they're early 20 guys, but they're, they're guys. Yeah. I don't think that they 
<laughs> always think about some of those things, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Um, and maybe at 23, I would have just been like, yeah, I'm leaving. Bye. I don't know. The next morning, Maria's at home and she ends up receiving a phone call from one of Alonzo's friends looking for him. And Maria realizes, well, he's not home. And so she's just kind of assumed that he was still out with friends. And so she starts calling all of Alonzo's friends to try and find him. But unfortunately, all of her or all of his friends were saying that they hadn't heard from him or seen him since the party the night before. So his friends start frantically searching. Obviously, you know, I think they're probably starting to call people as well to say, like, hey, have you seen him? But ultimately, they find out that nobody's seen him. So a couple of his friends go back out to La Cine to try to look for him. As they're looking around the area that surrounds the farmhouse, they find his hat and one of his boots just across the street from the driveway at the house that they were at the night before. But that's all they find. That's suspicious because who's dipping out? Maybe a hat you might lose without noticing, but one of your shoes. Yeah, I agree. The hat, like if it blew off or, you know, if you're a little intoxicated, then you might not notice a hat being gone. But like your boots, I feel like are a little bit more. It's odd. Especially if it's a boot, you know, it's not like flip flops that just kind of fall off. Like, yeah, that sounds really suspicious. And I'm guessing it would have been abnormal for him to not come home. Right. Yes. And I, you know, I said maybe if you were intoxicated, but I don't see anything about whether or not there was drinking at this party. I, you know, assume, but it doesn't say whether or not there was. Mm -hmm. And his friends don't say whether or not he was drinking. So at this point. Because, you know, they have no idea where he is. None of his friends have found him, but they find these two items. His mom's like, I need to call the police station. And so she calls and she reports him missing to the Lynn County Sheriff's Department. And immediately they launch a search looking for Alonzo. They continue and continue and continue to search. They even brought in some state departments as as well as the local departments. And for about a month, they're searching and they find nothing. Well, then on May 1st, 2004, Alonzo's family is finally, like, permitted to go and search the farmhouse and the property. Was, were the authorities searching it at any point or? So that I'm not sure of because it's, everything that I found said that they'd been searching for Alonzo, but nothing specifically said if they were searching the actual farmhouse property or if they'd just been searching, like, the area between that property and home. Because it was an hour drive, so obviously that gives a lot of different places to kind of search. It just makes me wonder if that person wasn't being cooperative, because at this point they're not even sure that he had necessarily left the party. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The last place that he'd been seen by anybody was at that party. And nobody from the party, other than his friends who had specifically known him, had come forward about anything. And all of his friends were obviously like, you know, we'd left. He was still there when we left. But that's all that had come forward at this point. So Alonzo's family goes and they gather up 50, over 50 volunteers. And they all go to this property to start searching. And honestly, pretty quickly on that same day, they end up finding Alonzo's body fully clothed and laying on the top of a pile of debris in a creek, which is about 250 feet away from the house. Because of this specific comment, I'm led to believe that police had never been able to search the property until this day. Along with Alonzo's body 
they also find his other boot in the same creek. Initially, his cause of death is ruled undetermined by the coroner, Dr. Eric Mitchell. Obviously, his family is devastated by the discovery. You know, they, at this point, they're, I'm sure, still holding out hope that they were going to get a good ending. And now they're not only getting a very sad ending, but they're getting a lot of questions as well because they don't mm-hmm. know exactly what happened in Alonzo's last moments. His family was also obviously very frustrated with Alonzo's so-called friends because they took him to this party, basically left him there, and then didn't, I don't know, They like the next day they kind of went to look for him, but like nobody noticed that he had never gotten home the night of. That's, to me, it sounds sketchy, like... Maybe they were hiding something. Maybe. No one from this party ever came out about any information. Like, nobody's come forward to say anything about what happened that night after his friends had left, how Alonzo possibly ended up in the creek. There's no other information still to this day about what happened the night of the party. Well, sure. And I mean... I guess in theory, you can say maybe they felt guilty and that's why they didn't come forward. But like you would think if your friend was missing, you would be making statements and be involved and helpful in any way you could be. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think that we have to kind of think a little bit more about the fact that the party that he was at, they didn't know anybody. Like it was a it was a friend's party, so he only knew a handful of people, and there were over a hundred people there that he really didn't know. So mm-hmm. it's possible as well that potentially the people that had seen him in his last moments maybe didn't know Alonzo necessarily. So maybe they had seen him but didn't know that he was the one that they found in the creek. I don't know. I would like to try to give some people the benefit of the doubt. However, this seems like an interesting case. And and like I said, they were not able to determine the cause of death, which is also weird. Mm-hmm. Because how many weeks or days or whatever was it until from when he went missing to when they discovered the body? Um, So he went missing on April 3rd of 2004. And it was May 1st of 2004 when they found his body. Okay. That's like a so month. So not that long. Yeah. It's but. interesting that they weren't able to determine a cause of death. I think it's it's very odd, but I'm actually going to go into that a little bit later. Alonzo's case was reopened by the Department of Justice and the FBI in June of 2020. And then about a month and a half later, on July 22nd, Alonzo's body was exhumed so that they could try to find more information about his suspicious death. In April of 2021... A federal forensic examiner performed a second autopsy and announced that his findings showed that Alonzo's manner of death should be reclassified as a homicide. I still have not found the cause of death, just that it was changed from undetermined to homicide. Well, and in theory, if that is declared, you would think it would reopen up an investigation. Absolutely. So it pretty much was reopened. The announcement also had the former U.S. attorney for the District of Kansas come out and say, there's no reason, there's no chance that Alonzo's death was an accident. He had absolutely been killed. So this is multiple people coming out and saying, this is definitely a homicide investigation, which 
completely changes direction of what they were originally searching for. Because originally, I think they're probably just assuming some natural causes or something happened. Like he to fell Alonzo and hit himself. his head or... Yeah. But now they're actively looking for somebody that murdered Alonzo. This announcement in 2020 ended up coming out with a whole lot of other information as well about the initial coroner, Eric Mitchell. So in 1993, Eric Mitchell was a medical examiner for Onondaga County in New York. He had quote unquote agreed to resign from his position because prosecutors had determined that he had overstepped his authority and mismanaged his office. Now, might be wondering kind of what that is. A couple different things. He had supposedly removed organs from corpses of people he had been autopsying without the consent of the victim's families. He also was known for improperly storing skeletons and body parts in his office, which to me is just creepy in the first place, Mm -hmm. but also illegal. Hence Mm -hmm. the issue. So those were a couple issues at that time. So then he, he moved to Kansas, I think, to try to get away from, obviously, you know, if you're basically forced to reti- resign from your position because of all of this sketchy stuff, you probably want to get a, like get out of there. So he goes to Kansas. He performed thousands of autopsies over two decades and had worked in multiple counties. And in two different cases, there had been motions filed against him to exclude his testimony because of the inaccuracy. One case specifically, he had given his testimony, and this was a case that was specifically relying on the time of death of the victim that would kind of point to one person or another kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so he originally came up with the time of death. Well, then basically they found out that the time of death was important in this one, like very important, and he ended up, changing the time of the death of the victim to support the prosecutor's theory. Yep. That seems like a big no-no. It is a big no-no. It was also speculated that he had done this because that prosecutor had found some dirty something on him about some other misconduct in his office in this area. And Mm -hmm. he was like, if you do this for me, then I will ignore this and like basically brush her under the rug. Yeah. Those are only a few instances where Dr. Mitchell's testimony has been called into question. It's happened a lot more. There's a whole article or there's multiple articles on it, but I don't want to read every single case. There's just a lot that make his testimony very questionable. It also questions what happened in 2004 when he originally did the autopsy of Alonzo's body and the results of him deciding that it was an undetermined cause of death. The FBI's lead agent, Lena Ramana, is hoping that the fact that the case has been reopened will be a little bit more beneficial now because the people that had attended the party are older and hopefully a little bit more willing to talk because mm-hmm. it's been such a long time. So she's hoping that some of these people like will come forward and maybe give some more information that could lead to this case being solved. At this time, as of 2022... There's still no information that has come out about this. Nothing from anybody that has attended the party. It's been 18, almost 20. I mean, we're heading up to 20 years, but it's been 18 years that this family has gone without any real answers. And it wasn't until two years ago that they had even gotten the answer that had been a homicide. 
which I can't imagine what that's like for the family to go, you know, that long with thinking that their son just accidentally died and then finding out, oh no, he was actually murdered. Well, and it's such a disjustice to Alonzo and his family because that's a lot of time lost that they could have been investigating and a lot of time for if there is a murderer, which sounds like there is, that they could have left. Absolutely. One thing, as you know, I had mentioned, he was noticeably one of the only African-American individuals at this party. It is speculated still to this day if it was a hate crime against mm-hmm. his race at this party because he was in an area where it just wasn't prominent. And so that's something I don't know if the family is the one that's specifically like linking it back to that or if FBI has some information. They haven't announced anything specifically but I did see it that a lot of people are questioning if potentially his race was what got him into this Mm -hmm. situation because he was described as such a nice guy. He was described as somebody who didn't have enemies. He was loved by everyone and he was just an overall really sweet guy. So there's not really an answer as to or anything pointing to why this would have potentially happened. And sure, and if you place it into the context of where he was when this happened, he was at a party with, assumingly, a bunch of people his age. Not really, you know, the grounds for, like, a random murderer. Exactly. Like, I think it sounds... I think that's a very plausible thought to explore, at least, and make sure, you know... Because if that's the case, maybe that there's multiple parties involved. So, I think looking into that is very important. Absolutely. At this time, the FBI is currently offering a reward of up to $100,000 for information leading to the arrest, prosecution, and conviction of the individual or individuals responsible for Alonzo's death. Just have to say that's a really high amount. Mm-hmm. I ha- am impressed. If anybody has any information regarding the murder of Alonzo, please contact the FBI's tip line at 816 816- 474 slash tips. That's 816-474-8477. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.